This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, don't panic. Forget Freddy and Jason. Virgil's the newest nightmare in town. Yeah, brother. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And we are Sans Brett, which is yep, French for Sans Brett. Yes, we are Sans Brett. But that is because, and that is why we are not doing Birdemic, because we're not going to let Brett stick us with that shit all by ourselves. He gets to experience that too if he's going to suggest it. Yeah, if so. history has taught us anything, Brett movies. Should be given a wide berth, generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. And instead, since I went to uh, dismember the Alamo last night and watched four horror movies, two of which we had done for the podcast already, uh, I decided I picked one that we ha- that we hadn't done, and that was "Don't Panic" from the nineteen eighty sevens to nines, and I'm not sure which it was. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. And so, if I if I remember correctly, this was filmed in Mexico. So, yes. So uh, there is only a cursory uh, understanding of English when writing this movie. So it will be. It was. It was great fun to watch. I watched a garbage VHS transfer of it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I saw it on a big screen, in a slightly less garbage, probably VHS transfer. <laughs> And uh, so just a full disclosure, there's no book. Nope. nope. It's it's this that movie, kind of movie. Yeah, it does not deserve a book, Chris. No, it, it does. It transcends a book. It's true. You don't watch this. You experience it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so everyone just sit back, grab some rum, a Ouija board, and your favorite pair of dinosaur pajamas. And let us tell you about Don't Panic. Well, this movie starts at the beginning. As they usually do. And uh, we meet up with our protagonist, the greatest Greatest American American hero. hero. Oh, yeah. Like, that dude's got the full-on blonde curls. Like, yeah. I I mean, mean, he, he wanted to be the greatest American hero, but it was not. Yeah, believe it or not. (laughs) <laughs> I don't, oh he does actually walk on air kind of at some point in this movie that's true he yes, didn't seem I, very I free he, yeah I don't think he ever felt so very free E.E. yeah I, he did ride away on a wing and a prayer at one point on his sick BMX bike <laughs> who could it be well believe it or not it's, it's just me <laughs> I started in this movie in 1987 Yep. <laughs> Milk Money and Don't Panic are Chris's two movie credits. Yeah, check me out on IMDb and be like, that's that is no kind of filmography. <laughs> no. But uh yeah, so it's uh his it's Grace American Hero's seventeenth birthday party after having moved to Mexico City recently for some unknown reason. Yeah. And um his friends are leaving. They're all super drunk, like you do in Mexico at 17, I suppose. 
apparently because one got one of the drunk guys is being carried out by the other two guys. I was like, "Hey, man, is this your first birthday in Mexico?" And the guy's like, "Yeah." He's like, "You'll get used to it." And then just there's no response to that because there is no response to that. <laughs> it's a classic Mexican birthday uh, salutation. Yep. And so he heads back in where uh, everybody's left. Mom is getting ready to head off to bed with her 16-ounce glass of vodka. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, uh, a bunch a of... a uh, noise. And so he heads to the, uh, the kitchen where he gets attacked. Wah! But it's just by his friend, jerk friend. Yep. And he's like, ha ha, I tackled you on your birthday. Ha ha. <laughs> he's like, now let's everybody come on out. And there's like dude and girl who's kind of like, hey, Grace American American Hero, guess what we got you for your birthday? And you're like, is she going to be like me? She's like, no, it's the new girl. <laughs> and it, it does the classic staple of a questionable movie where they uh, have a series of expository dialogue sentences that are them telling each other things they already know. Yep. That's how you know you're in for a good time. Yeah, yeah, but New Girl and uh, Grace American Hero do kind of make eyes at each other when they uh, when she's introduced. And, and then they blindfold him and make him blow out candles. Yep, in Coke cans, which is a motif, apparently. Yeah, and, but and, like, when we say candles, we mean like fucking tapers. Like, not, not birthday candles. No, we mean like... The kind of candles, dinner candles. Yeah, these are legit-ass candles. <laughs> and there's just two of them stuck in Coke cans, and they kind of bend, kind of like devil horns. So he uh, he blows up the candles and takes off the blindfold and is treated to his birthday Ouija board. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, he has a very strong reaction to the Ouija board. Yeah, but don't worry. It's never brought up again. Yeah. Like, apparently he has some kind of history with Ouija boards that they don't ever reference again. And so you're like, well, wh what's up with the Ouija board? Like, maybe there's a story here. And like, oh, yeah, there's a story here. We're just not going to tell it to you. <laughs> yeah, it would be like in, a, in Gremlins if they foreshadowed the whole dad died in the chimney bit but never told you about it. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't like Christmas much. I have reasons. Yep, <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. That That's all the more you get. Uh, but they do kind of pressure him into, like, they do this whole, like, mono a mono like, Ouija board, like, arm wrestling contest kind of, like, feel. Like, like, they challenge him to the Ouija board, and you're just like, like, usually it's more than two people anyway. It's a fucking party game. Like, three people, four people can easily participate. Like, why is this like, I'm going to like thump my chest and compare dick size with you over the Ouija board. Yeah, I'll Ouija the shit out of this thing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, first they, uh, 
they do the classic fake Ouija board answer thing. Oh, does he like the new girl? <laughs> Who likes the new girl? Oh, yeah, the greatest they, American they just, hero does. Yep, it turns and it points towards him, and then it flips up like an erection, which I thought was kind of funny. But then, uh, and then they try to find out from. Oh, they 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 contact Virgil, the demon Virgil. Yeah, you know that classic demon Virgil. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know the guy who wrote a bunch of like shit. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the classic works. Of that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I try to remember what Virgil wrote, and I couldn't. <laughs> That's fair. I'm going to say... Like, it was religious-themed stuff. Dante's Inferno? No, Dante wrote Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Didn't he? Uh, I Probably. I don't know. It's the first thing that popped into my head. Uh, maybe... No, Virgil... Yeah, maybe he wrote, like... Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I was well, East of Eden, but I don't. I think that was like Steinbeck. It, it, <laughs> wasn't that a Rosie O'Donnell movie? Yeah, where yeah. she? Uh, <laughs> I think you get to see her boob. Get to see her boobs in that one. Yeah, well, you have to. <laughs> I think that might be a better description of how that plays out. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean, she's Rosie O'Donnell. She can show her boobs to people if she wants to, I guess. And that was also Dan Aykroyd, right? I believe so, yes. Before he completely lost his mind and started making skull vodka and worrying about aliens all the time? Well, I mean, where else do you store your vodka other than in alien-made crystal skulls? Oh, well, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, just, well, I store my vodka in my liver, but <laughs> that's, that's a different story. I store my vodka in plastic bottles I bought from a gas station. I thought you were going to say plastic bags. Like, <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of Ziploc bags. <laughs> just scattered around the house. It's like the movie Signs, but with Ziploc bags full of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, swing away! And my wife's like, you have a serious alcohol problem, and we need to address it. And I say, swing away! And fall yeah, down we'll, the stairs. We'll get to that later. And how you should address your alcohol problems. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway Virgil uh, yeah but Virgil can't answer when some lady's grandmother died yeah what a fake ass demon everybody knows demons have encyclopedic knowledge of dead grandmas <laughs> I mean hey or at least the uh, sexual habits of grandmothers in hell yeah butt stuff mostly well no or sucking cocks in hell well that was her mother I, it was his mother, yes. Yeah, I mean, not his grandma. Nope. Maybe his yeah, grandma his also all... sucks cocks in hell. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, you know, I think grandmas are all butt stuff. Mothers suck cock, grandmothers butt stuff. Yeah, that's in the Bible, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh-oh. It... Bible police have come for us. <laughs> that's, that's fair, because I'm almost positive <laughs> butt stuff is never once mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> it should have been. It'd be a much more interesting book. <laughs> yeah, they needed a little butt stuff to liven that thing up. Yeah. What a snoozer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so eventually, like, nothing happens with the Ouija board, and they he finally convinces everyone to leave. Does the mom show up at that point? Yeah, the yeah. mom comes down, and she's like, you damn hooligans with your dinner candles and your Ouija boards. 
You mean drunk ass Carrie Ann Moss? Yeah. And so they all leave, but not before they pour one out for their homies. <laughs> yeah, like it's like, oh, the devil needs a drink too, and pours it onto the Ouija board, and and then after everyone leaves the room, the the planchette like bounces around and then flies to the wall and bounces off the wall, and then that's it. Yeah, that that's what it does. Yeah, we're supposed to be very creeped out by that. And then it's uh, it's the next day, and yeah. it's school time for our hero of the greatest yeah. American variety. And he's running late for school. Yep. So he gets to, he gets to the guard station, which is a thing in international schools. Uh, Cause I've, I, my brother taught at one for a while and I went and visited him and they had, I totally had a guard station and uh, the guard drops the gate and it's like, you can't get in. It's after, you know, without a, without your, without a pass. And you're like, well, how did anyone get in here then? <laughs> but he's like, Oh, I have a pass for you. And he pulls a, like a nudie mag out of his, his backpack. And he's like, Hey, it's the newest one. And, and shows it to the guards like, well, I don't know. Let me just flip through here. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Nope. Nope. That's, that's boner material. I'm going to confiscate that. So he uh, manages to get in. He has to lay low from the other teacher in the building who is yeah. actively not letting people in. Yeah, because apparently if you're caught coming in late, you just don't get you don't you don't go to school that day. Yeah, which seems weird, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, so like we want you to go to we want you to attend classes, but we're going to make it very hard for you to attend classes. <laughs> and it turns out the uh the new girl who we'll uh, refer to as the new girl. Yeah. As I hate thinking it's a real pain yeah. in my ass. Yeah. I don't, well, it's cause you're a butthead, but um, tis. Yeah. Sorry. I watched society where they make a butthead joke in that twice. That's true. Yep. And they decide to go have themselves a day out on the town. Since they can't go to school because you showed up late, that means you don't deserve school anymore, I guess. Yep. So, uh, we head off to Park Romantic Montage. Yes, where they do things like get themselves photographed in sombreros on top of fake donkeys. You know, and I was, what most Mexicans I probably do. I hope that actress the whole time was going like, oh man, I feel so terrible doing this. <laughs> And you get balloons. Do you know that they float? Yeah, because she takes the balloons towards the day and releases them up into the sky. And the look on the greatest American hero's face when they go up into the sky is like, holy shit, those are just going to keep going forever. (laughs) Yeah, he is blown away by the technical (laughs) majesty of helium mylar balloons. Yeah. They they uh they go rowboating on the lake. Yeah, you know, classic teenager stuff. Yep. And eventually he drops her off at home. Well, like basically like she rides his bike behind him. like she sits on the seat of his bike while he like stands up you know over the handlebar, like you know, leaning over the handlebars, pedaling, and she just kinda like drags her feet on the ground while they go. <laughs> yeah, it's wildly inefficient. 
It's like, that's why you need posts on the rear. And uh, so he heads over to dickhead friend's apartment later. Yep. Because I guess he's 17 and has an apartment. Right. Well, and he also has the greatest beaded curtain known to man. That's true. It consists primarily, well, exclusively, (laughs) of Coke cans and Marlboro cigarette packs. Yep, that are arranged, like, alternating across and down. And you're just like, what? Like, who does that? Yeah, it's like, this Coke can is hanging from a fishing line. They really need something to even it out. Mm, Empty cigarette packs from Marlboro. Yeah, I mean they're all red. They're both red and white, so it's fine. They and, match. And uh, he's like, "Hey, man, I had the best day today, where I learned that balloons can float." And after I got done being totally scared by the witchcraft of it all, I like hung out with this girl, and we like behaved like fifty-year-old people. And we're totally in love now. And he apologized for dissing his mom's rampant alcoholism. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he was just calling it like you saw it. Yeah. And then we get the the Rose thing. Yes. And so Dickhead Friend is like, well, you know, what you need to do to really, like, just blow this girl's mind is you give her a flower. but, But not just any flower. You give her this rose and he pulls like a rose out of a vase that he has and he's like this rose and you tell her that as long as this that as long as love exists between you two this rose will never wither yeah which is probably some of the dumbest shit i've ever heard because that rose is gonna fucking wither at some point no matter what like that's like i was it it for some reason, it made me think of promise rings. You know, like, I promise to promise to marry you. It's like, what? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> I promise that one day I'll promise. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? a promise ring is though it's not an engagement ring. You're not engaged, but you're going to going to get married? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Uh, yeah, so that so he uh, so he takes the rose and it promptly apparently just cuts all the leaves and most of the stem off of stem off of it and sticks it in a glass of water because somehow that's going to preserve that rose better than anything else. Uh, well, the water contains his undying love, Troy. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. It's straight from his. It's straight from his soul. Yeah, he squeezed out his love gland into the glass. Then <laughs> why was it clear? <laughs> Well, it was green. <laughs> okay, yes, because we established early, we established off the podcast that I am green, clear, colorblind. <laughs> it's 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 funnier if you were here, yeah. which you weren't. Maybe, Sorry, I hope Chris. Maybe Chris will put it at the end. Maybe he won't. Yeah, who knows? I don't even know what I'm going to do most times. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, so, but that night he has a he has a very weird experience. Hmm. He uh, dreams that uh, he he sees a boy being murdered, like a teenage boy being murdered. One of the boys that we saw earlier, whose name they don't think they ever told us. 
Well, no, it was it was it was his dickhead friend. Oh, was it his dickhead friend being murdered? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was confused. And I he, thought it was somebody else. And he was all like, "Whoa, man, that was wild." And and then he goes to school. Yep. And there's some sort of thing where he thinks that the love of his life doesn't like him or some shit. Well, there was some dude there who was like had his arm around her and then like kissed her head or something and was being kind of very like physically possessive of her and she didn't seem to be minding it. So he assumed that they were apparently like just boning or something. I don't know. Yeah, but she's all like, nah, that's just my buddy. And he's like, oh, good, because I have a magic flower. <laughs> and that would have been real fucking weird. Yeah, and it if, hasn't wilted yet, so apparently love still exists between us. Yeah. My dead friend said so, so obviously. Yeah, well, my dream dead friend. And so she gets the magic flower and love, etc., whatnot, and so forth. And then they bone. Yeah, in the possibly third least erotic thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. At one point, he's just kind of like biting her on the shoulder, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's you're good at this, buddy. <laughs> like, this is how it works, right? You bite their shoulder and things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the shoulder is one of the primary erogenous zones. Yeah. I read that in Cosmo or whatever. Yes. Sassy magazine. <laughs> Tiger beat. I don't know. I read out of magazines real fast. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. So, and then she had tells him that he was her first and I can guarantee you that she was his first. Yeah. Because you- we have not established yet. That this guy dresses for bed. His pajamas are like, you know how like kids have like those like the they're like the long sleeve t-shirts with like the the bottoms that are made out of the same material and they're all like elastic at the cuffs, you know? Well, he wears adult sized versions of that with dinosaurs. Like and not like, "Oh, I'm a mighty T-Rex." Rawr! No, it's like it's a green T-Rex and a yellow brontosaurus and a red triceratops. Yeah, it is it is one of the more baffling things in this movie, <laughs> yeah, which is full of baffling things. Yes, yeah, you're just like that. Like the kids, like okay, even though this dude looks like he's thirty, he's playing a seventeen year old, and no seventeen year old would be like sleeping in that. <laughs> yeah, and not only sleeping in, but probably thirty percent of the movie he is wearing this shit. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. And but that night after she leaves, he uh is has his eyes turn like red, like the iris his irises turn red, and he sees a he sees from the point of view of the stalker a girl being stalked and then being killed. And it happens to be the girl who was at the party with the uh aforementioned Ouija board. Yeah. And he's like, 
he actually does a pretty good job of pretending like he can't see when he like bounces around his room trying to like get somewhere to to do something like because you can tell he's just completely disoriented by this whole experience and i say it was actually pretty well acted yeah it it was not the worst thing for sure yeah, and he's making noises, and he's thumping, and he's, like, gro- growling or groaning, or, like, Rawr! and his mom wakes from her drunken stupor, and is, like, what's going on? And he ends up in the bathroom? Like you do. Yep, he's making weird noises in the bathroom, and she's, like, open up, let me in. And he's, like, not now, Mom, I'm not done. And... Yep, and then uh, eventually his eyes clear up after you see the girl be killed. Is this the one who gets turned into a unicorn? No, this is the one that gets blood all over the floor. Okay. And it looks like the the stalker killer is stabbing six inches in front of her the entire time. Yep, and he's got like a knife that's got like a weird like cross bar and... It's a weird, unique-looking knife. And he, uh, his, he regains his sight, but his eyes stay the weird red color. Yeah. So at breakfast, he wears sunglasses. While on the TV, they talk about the new, the, the new Cray-1 supercomputer and how so-and-so uses it to do all of his computer animations. Yeah. But then the static monster shows up. Yeah, which is pretty cool because like the TV goes to static and then like the TV screen kind of presses out at him into the like kind of like when Freddy kind of like comes through the wall a bit in Nightmare on Elm Street. It kind of looks like that only like in the static of the TV and tells him that Christine Baranski is going to be murdered and he needs to say by at midnight. So he needs to save her. And he's like, Mom, did you see that? And she turns back and it's just like computer animations on the TV again. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, great, whatever. He's like, why are you wearing sunglasses? Are you going to wear those to school? He's like, oh, yeah, it's sunglasses day today. Yeah, and she's just like, cool. Now it's time for my 745 uh, glass of liquor, so. (laughs) So he heads off to school in his sunglasses, and he has a... Another hallucination while there about the murder. Yep, because he sees Christine Bransky like laughing with like blood pouring out of her scalp. Yeah, in English class. And the English teacher is all, uh, you have to save her, get her out of town before midnight. And he uh, goes, Hua! Yeah. And makes a scene. And then we go to the lunchroom where he's just trying to get two kinds of drinks. I don't, there's kind of a theme here that I noticed is that he's always drinking two kinds of drinks. Like he has like a soda and an orange juice or a water and an orange juice. Like he never just has like one glass of something. It's two glasses of two different things. He has a serious vitamin C deficiency. Yeah, so he's got like a soda and like a Coke or something and like an orange juice. And then New Girl shows up and is like, hey, honey. And he's like, not now, can't talk. And she's like, 
what? Oh, and then she's like, what? And he's like, I gotta go. And he goes and sits down at the table with just his his tray of just two glasses. Like, he didn't get any food or anything at the cafeteria. No, no. He's like, I just need liquids. All the liquids. Must maintain my vital my vital fluids. And then she sits down. And is like, what's going on? It's like, can't talk. Have you seen Christine Baranski? And she's like, and she's like, oh, you're one of those guys. Like, basically, you, you sleep with me, and then you run off. And he's like, what? No. Uh. And then Man. Christine Brensky's brother shows up and starts bullying him. Yeah. So Bulk and Skull are there now. <laughs> and they're like, hey, nerd, you have sunglasses or something or whatever. And, and you made that girl upset. <laughs> what a fucking nerd. Nerd. And then he push. They push him down. His glasses go flying across. They're skidding across the the floor. He crawls for them. They step on them and break them as soon as he gets to them. But his eyes go back to normal at this point. Yeah. So. And then uh, jump smash cut to doctor's office. Yes. Yes. Where he, apparently he had told his mother that he was having visions or hallucinations, and she's like, "Oh, I'll take you to the doctor to get your eyes checked." So now you have your eyes checked, button your shirt up. <laughs> yeah. What? What <laughs> is what I, mean, I said like, when I saw it? I assume this eye exam came with a prostate exam for free. I don't know. Like, I was like, why, why is this shirt undone? If he's having his eyes checked, I'm confused. Yeah. Take off your shirt. Yeah. Bend yes, over. Teenage boy. Take off your shirt for me. I need to check your eyes. Yeah, so his eyes are fine, but apparently some trauma in his past is causing him to have hallucinations, according to the doctor. Yeah, and this is, we get one of the uh, quintessential lines (laughs) from this movie, because the doctor's like, put on your clothes, I'm finished with you now, boy. Head out there while your mother and I speak with each other. And his mom, uh, casually, mind you, says, Doctor, I'm an alcoholic. Yep. <laughs> or but, I have a drinking problem. Yeah, but it's delivered in such a way. Yeah. Like, for a matter of fact, like, Doctor, I have a drinking problem. And right. That's it. Like, they just cut away, and you're like, wait, what? Huh? What? Like, yeah. no one says that. <laughs> yeah, that that does not explain blurred vision, ma'am. Yeah, especially your son's blurred vision. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I appreciate you want to get this off your chest, but this doesn't seem to be particularly relevant. Uh, so he uh he heads home. Yep. And he heaves drops on his mom calling his dad because his dad has not been seen to this point. Yeah, his dad is a is a sixty five year old man. Yep. And uh, you know he'll be coming home soon, but he does doesn't know when. But you yeah. know, look at together then, and uh, and he's like, like, why do I need to show up now? I've got this million dollar deal, deal to close. Like, she's like, but your son needs you. He's like, yeah, but it was like it was just his birthday. It was one day out of the year I missed. What the fuck? And she's like, but he's your son. And he's like, but I'm narcissistic. And she's like, fuck you then. <laughs> yeah, and she uh. She, like a totally good parent, screams about how he's lost his mind and is a crazy person. 
Which is yeah. how you should address that particular sensitive topic with your children. Yeah. Oh, you're having hallucinations. You're obviously crazy, son. Yeah. Really sucks about how you're crazy and a menace to the entire world. Yeah, if only your father had been around more, you probably wouldn't be so crazy. It wouldn't be hallucinating. Well, sorry you're sucking or crazy and everything's terrible. I'm going to drink a tumbler full of vodka now. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, and so he goes to bed and he's flipping through channels. Some of the channels sound kind of interesting. Like there was at least one sci-fi uh, show going on from the laser pew pew sounds that we heard. And then he realized, then does he have another vision? He, he remembers the vision. He goes nuts is the takeaway. I don't remember what the catalyst was. Yeah. But he goes wild and starts ripping up his various car posters. Yes, because, you know, as an American child, obviously he's obsessed with race cars. <laughs> that classic trope. Yep. And so he, he like just freaks the fuck out, rips all stuff down, launches himself at the wall to rip one poster, like, like jumps off of his bed at the wall to rip down one poster in like an overly dramatic and unnecessary way. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. <laughs> it is so good, but so bad. Yeah. And so, and so he takes off onto his, on his bike to go try to find Christine Bransky and knocks on the gate to their house. And her brother comes out. The one who bullied him is like, what the fuck are you doing here? And why are you asking after my sister? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, like a normal rational person, he says, oh, she's going to be murdered. This murdered murdered. And that, that makes this better and not weird. And he's like, hmm, you'd think that, but turns out yelling about my sister being murdered later, uh, not a great lead-in to this conversation. He says, fuck about 37 times. Yep. And then he has another vision of, like, he sees through the killer's eyes for a second and sees that they're in the the doorway to the central hospital, which is translated in Spanish as the Hospital Central. <laughs> I was like, really? Like central hospital and hospital central. Okay. <laughs> and so he, he rides his bike there and like practically just like is riding and just jumps off his bike and starts running as it just careens off into a ravine somewhere. <laughs> and I think it's important to mention he is in, um, a child's dinosaur pajamas the entire time. Oh, yeah. Man-sized child dinosaur pajamas. <laughs> yeah. So a grown man in child dinosaur pajamas rides his bike to the hospital at almost midnight and proceeds to scream at an old woman that he needs to get inside. Yep. Like a normal person. Bransky. And she says, understandably, No. Oh. You're a grown man in dinosaur pajamas screaming about seeing a person that, that works here. Not even like, you know, your mom was in a car accident or something. Plus, we're closed. Like, we are not, we do not, we're not taking visitors right now. Thank you. Yeah, kindly fuck all the way off. And he's like, yeah, yeah, fuck off. Sure, that's what I'll do. Slink into the elevator. Yeah, she gets a phone call, and while she's distracted, he like, Runs off into the elevator. 
I like the fact that the lady said she'd call him back. Yeah. Inferring that she knew exactly who was on the phone and how to reach them. Yep. <laughs> See, that's storytelling, Chris. That's world building, Chris. Yeah. So he uh he heads up to the third floor looking for the lab where he's getting inter intermittent visions. Yep. Of this of the killer stalking the the Christine Bransky who's in the lab. And uh so he as he's running trying to get to the lab, he runs into some other nurse Nurses. ladies and his eyes are all red and crazy and he's like, Where's the Z lab? Because there's only one in a hospital. Yep. And they're like on the third floor, which he is on. And they're like they're like, take this he's like how do I get there? They're like, they're like, take the stairs to your right. And he's like, okay. And like runs off. Now you think since like reception desk nurse was so uh, adamant about him not getting into the hospital that they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing here? But no, they just kindly answer his question helpfully. Well, and you would also think if he was on the third floor, he wouldn't have to go up several flights of stairs to get to the third floor. I think it was on the fifth floor. Technically, Chris, they said third. Okay. Well, maybe he was on the second then. I don't remember. The important thing to take away is it's totally not weird that a grown man in dinosaur pajamas with devil eyes screams at you about the lab in the middle of the night. Yeah, no, that's perfectly normal. Happens. My mom's a nurse. Happens all. It used to happen all the time. Yeah, that's day one stuff. That's they teach you that in orientation. Yep. <laughs> and so, uh, and as he's trying to get to the lab. He keeps getting flashes of the killer stalking the girl. Um, he gets stopped by Rent-A-Cop. Yeah, and he starts... Who pulls out the the like the biggest fucking walkie-talkie I've seen. It's like a transistor radio. <laughs> yeah, it's like the guy's got a brick with an antenna on it, like a literal brick. <laughs> And so he does what anybody does when caught by rent-a-cops at a hospital. He's like, no, it's cool because I'm trying to stop a murder. And he's like, hmm, that checks yeah. out. He's like, call the lab. Let her know. Warn her. And so, but at this point, stalker dude's already kind of trapped her under a desk. Yeah, and, where she is compelled so to answer the phone when it rings. Yeah, she tries to get up and answer it, but then like a bottle comes flying down the the, the walkway, and she's like, hmm, "Maybe I shouldn't do that." And then as soon as he stops calling, because other cop, other rent a cop showed up and said, uh, "What are you doing, dude? Like you, this guy's like broke in here. Why are you on the phone calling people?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, you're right." And so he hangs up. And as soon as he hangs up, of course, the Christine Bransky answers the phone. Yep. And she just says hello for seven straight minutes of screen time. <laughs> and the uh, the crazy stalker killer shows up and stabs her repeatedly several, several inches in front of her. Yep. But he does end up sticking the knife directly into her, like, forehead, turning her into a unicorn. And she uh, she stumbles her way out into the hall where another nurse sees her. And security is dispatched to the area. So now uh, the greatest American hero manages to break free from old lady and scamper off. 
And, and he realizes he's now being he's being stalked now by the killer. Yeah, and another pretty interesting shot in the movie where he sees the killer coming up on him because he's having visions. But he yeah. can't see what he's trying to get away from. So he's blind but can see the guy stalking him. Yep. I always like those kinds of things. They 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 do that in other movies too. That's always one of my favorite shots in those movies. But you see that this the killer looks like I don't know, kind of like Frank from Hellraiser. Yeah. Kind of uh, not emaciated, but not right. Kind of sunken right. in real like bad. Dead. Like he looks dead, but still kind of like, oh, kind of like vaguely like Adam from Buffy, like Buffy season four. And uh, yeah. And so he realizes that it's his friend, Tony, the, the jerk ass friend from earlier. And how I didn't. I didn't even see the fucking resemblance. There was so much, there was enough makeup on that guy that I didn't recognize him as that dude. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, so he, uh, Tony. he's the tiger guy with the cereal. That's great. Ah, uh, uh, I see. Makes sense. Yes. And so he does the classic dive head thirst through a window to escape trick. Like yep. you do. And Tony's and like, he- eh, and so he gets home, falls asleep. Well, no, he gets home. His mom thinks he's trying to commit suicide as he tries oh, to yeah. climb back through the window. That was pretty fucking funny because <laughs> he's like, he's climbing in the window and she's like, she busts into his room and she's like, don't jump. It's going to be okay. And he's like, what? Oh, wait, no, no. What? <laughs> And ruin these dinosaur pajamas? I'd never. Yeah. So she calls a doctor, and doctor shows up and sedates the shit out of him. Yeah. And he's like, I don't like giving you drugs, but here you go. And then uh, dad shows up, and dad and mom have uh, some dumb argument that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and dad's like, I give you my, you know, I take care of my son. I give you money. And she's like, he's like, I don't want your fucking money. I just want you like in his life. And he's like, but I do what, but you take my money. She's like, you know what? You take your money fucker here. It all is. He's like, well, you could have been spending that on our son instead of just keeping it in the safe. And you're just like, she's like, it's not all about money, asshole. And he's like, what money? Yeah. And you're like, no, I mean, she might drink several quarts of vodka a day, but she has a valid point. Yeah, I don't know where she's getting the money to to do all that though. If she's not using his money, Mexican vodka is super cheap. That's true. So as all this nonsense is happening, old uh, brother from earlier busts in and uh, basically just abducts his unconscious ass. Yep, literally just picks him up, throws him over his shoulder, and carries him out the window and down the street. Apparently. Yeah, throws him in his car and uh, takes him off to murder site. Yeah, dead, dead, jerk-ass friend's house. Because apparently he, like, slapped him into consciousness long enough to find out where they should go. And so they go to jerk-ass friend's house. Well, no, he took him him to Murder Woods first. Okay. And 
that's when he's like, I'm going to murder you because you killed my sister. And he's like, nah, nah, man. It was the ghost monster, Tony, did what did it. And he's like, hmm, that checks out to Tony's. Yes. And they get to Tony's and there's like a crucifix embedded in the wall. Like, I'm not talking hanging on the wall. I mean, long part first jabbed into the wall. <laughs> yeah. And so they're... uh. They're, they're at Tony's, and he's like, well, I know I abducted you in the middle of the night from your own home and drug you out to kill you in the woods, but now I believe you. Yeah. So we'll hang out here and wait for Tony to show up, and then I will shoot him with the shotgun I have. Also, he has a yes. shotgun. Yes. Yeah, like, he just, like, waving this thing around, like, all the time. Like, I'm going to shoot this, I'm going to shoot that. Whatever you need shot, I will shoot it. But I'm going to sit and watch this horror movie instead while we wait for Tony to show up. And then he. Oh, and then the, the TV monster shows up again. Mm-hmm. And I think I think uh, dude, bro, like shotgun, bro, sees it, too, this time. Yeah. And the TV monster is Tony, but not the murder, Tony. It's the good Tony. What lives in the TV now? Yeah, because he was his body was possessed by Virgil, Virgil, and <laughs> and so uh, yeah, so his body got his spirit got pushed out, and I guess it can now talk through TVs and tells him that they need to kill Demon Tony with the dagger that it's carrying, and that it's heading for. Uh, Enrique's place. I don't know whatever that guy's name was. Yeah, Robert. Robert. There we go. It's same thing. It was close. Yeah, yeah, Roberto. And uh, yeah, so they uh, they drive over to Robert's place. Yep, but not before they get gunned up. Yeah, shotgun bros. Like here, it pulls like a like a pistol out of his like a Glock out of his waistband. It's like, can you use this? And and Grace American Heroes like, I'm American. Of course I can use this. Yeah. Pff. Small arms. <laughs> yeah. So they uh break into Roberto's apartment complex because I guess they couldn't have just gone through the front. No. No, you have to break into places. And they head up. That's why it's called breaking and entering, Chris. You can't just enter. You have to break and enter. Oh. I've never tried doing both at once. <laughs> I usually just kick open doors and run it off. That's isn't that that classic thing you do where you run up to somebody's door and kick it open and then take off the break and not enter. Yeah, that's a classic child's prank we always used to play. That's <laughs> like ding dong ditch, only more destructive. <laughs> yeah, it's like ding dong ditch, but it's kick open front door, paralyze entire family with fear, and run off into the night. But there's no need to kick open Robert's door because it's already open. Yeah. And, and like, oh shit, we're too late. Yep, because Robert's laying in the floor. But he's just his, got a bad case of being a fucking drunk. Yep. And he so he's passed out from having drank like three quarters of a bottle of rum or something. Or it could have been green, I can't tell. It was either clear or green. And uh, it was rum or absinthe, one of the two. Yeah, and so he's lying there in his underwear and, like, wife beater. And so they they managed to sling him 
between the two of them, you know, they one under each arm, start carrying his ass out. And that's when the killer shows up, right? Well, they get they get him out to the car in his underpants. Yeah, and at some and at various points he's helpful and not helpful. Like at some points he's kind of helping to walk, and other times he just picks his legs up and just makes them fucking carry his ass <laughs> around. And he he decides that he's not going anywhere with these gun-toting maniacs without his pants. Yeah, which I mean I could kind of understand. But if someone's like someone's trying to murder you, maybe you don't need your pants at this moment. I'd be like, well, okay, maybe not. So uh, the greatest American hero says, all right, shotgunner, you stay here with him. I'm going to go get his pants. So he goes to get his pants. Meanwhile, old shotgun boy, he's like, hey, you stay here. I'm going to go comically fucking aggravated robber a guy well no no it's funny because he's like he's like i need some cigarettes so he goes to the cigarette store just holding a fucking shotgun and the guy's like can i get some like packs of marlboro reds and the guy's like uh yeah here here you go <laughs> whatever you, you want think? don't murder me yeah he's like well, how much do you he's like just take him and go and you're like and he like just completely just spaces the fact that he held up a place with a shotgun. Yeah. He's like, wow, that's very nice of you, considerate shopkeep. <laughs> Thanks for the free cigarettes. I don't know what I did to deserve this. And he's like, I have a family. <laughs> Take all my money, whatever you want. <laughs> so but meanwhile, uh, old uh, zombie Under- Tony is killing Captain Underpants in the... Uh, in the back seat. Yeah, he just slits his throat. It's like yeah. lame. But uh old greatest American hero is seeing this happen, so now he's blind again. So he he's falls down, down some down stairs. stairs blind. <laughs> and old uh shotgun shows back up like, dude, I just scored free smokes. I'm gonna sit here and not look in the back seat and smoke these cigarettes and inexplicably get blood on my hands somehow. Well, yeah, then he looks in the rearview mirror and there's zombie Tony's head. And he's like, he's like, ah! and then shotgun bro's like, ah, and like gets out, runs out, jumps out of the car. And then, uh, old, uh, the greatest American hero, he's down there now and they're trying to coordinate because shotgun boy can't see him, but the greatest American hero can see from him. Yep. So he's like, where's he at? Where, where, what's what's going on? So they try to shoot him. It don't work. Shotgun boy gets got because of course he did. But, yeah, but it does like get a hold of the knife and just throws the knife off into the woods somewhere, like into like a median somewhere. Yeah. By wood, you mean that one tree? Yes. The wood. Uh, <laughs> the wood. Not singular, <laughs> not plural. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Zombie Tony t- takes the car and starts chasing the greatest American hero. Yep. Who gets stopped by cops. Yeah, because even in Mexico, you can't run around with a gun down the street. That's not cool. In dinosaur pajamas. No, he, he's just wearing a t-shirt now. He's not a monster. Oh, Okay. I was sad when he did that, by the way. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that was just going to oh, be yeah. what he rolled he, with. 
he changed clothes at Tony's place. Yeah. Like who has clothes at their best friend's house? I I've never have done that. Yeah, I I do not have like a a safe house where I keep a change of clothes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, listeners, let us know. Do you keep clothes at your friend's houses? Yeah, <laughs> just in I case. Did, did you think to yourself at some point, what if my dead friend who lives here manifests as some kind of ghost monster that is murdering people I know? Maybe I should keep another pair of pants here. You know, in case. Yeah, for emergencies. Yeah, so anyway, so yeah, he's always running down the street with a gun and, and the cops for some reason stop him. And he's like, but the car is trying to run me down. And they're like, what car? Q car. Yeah, I, I have to believe that was verbatim what was written in the script. <laughs> Q car. Yeah. So the car rolls up and uh, team police heads over to check out the car and it's full of dead people. Yeah, but they tell they tell the greatest American hero, stay here, don't move. And then they both go over to the car to check it out. And yeah, and it's got two dead two, two dead guys in it. And they're like, huh, we're gonna have to call this in. And they turn around to the car, and shockingly, the greatest American hero did not stay where he was told to stay. Yeah, weird, right? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, where could he have gone, Chris? Well, funny you should ask, because I happen to know. Wow. He heads off to the new girl's place. And uh turns out her dad. Aside from having a bitchin' mustache. Yeah, he apparently is also whining and dining a senator. Yeah, who is the literal only person who doesn't speak English for some reason. Yeah, like he, he, so he rounds off a bunch of Spanish and his wife translates for him. And and like so the, the dad's like, who the fuck are you? And new girl's like, oh, this is my friend from school. And he's like, why the fuck are you here? <laughs> yeah, a, a totally valid question to be asking at this point. And meanwhile, Grace American Hero has put it together that uh, Zombie Tony is killing everyone who was there at the Ouija board because he's killed everybody else who was there at the Ouija board. So he's like, oh, God, no, new girl's next because she's the only other one than me. And so, And so the senator's like, hey, you seem like a cool dude. Why don't you sit down and have dinner with us? Yeah. And New Girl's dad's like, what? <laughs> and there's like, no, 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 it'd be fine. And and so the New Girl's dad's like, well, if the dude I'm whining and dining wants his kid to sit down at dinner with us, I guess the kid's going to sit down at dinner with us. Yeah. So uh, they give him some wine like you do when anybody busts into your house in the middle of a dinner party uninvited looking squirrely eyed and nuts. You mean any 17-year-old kid shows up at your house? You just give them wine? <laughs> That's a solid callback, but you're not going to get me with that one twice. <laughs> but yeah, is... I was like, this kid's 17. Why are they giving them wine? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's got some wine. I guess. Yeah. I mean, even New Girl does. But then he uh, he gets the vapors. And by the vapors, visions. I mean the, the visions. Yep. And he can see that zombie Tony is outside the window to the house. 
And so he decides that he is going to shoot zombie Tony. Well, There's only one problem. Yeah, he he somehow gets zombie Tony and all the bases in the house mixed up. Yep. <laughs> A common, common thing. Yeah, yeah. So he's just like, he's just shooting willy nilly around this house. You know, no, not concerned apparently that there are people sitting at a table with him, and he's like shooting this face and shooting that face, and then this sculpture, and, <laughs> and then meanwhile, like Tony is looking through the window at him and can see which direction this guy is pointing, and he's still shooting in the completely wrong directions. Yeah, it's it's confusing to say the least. I mean, if if I'm looking through someone else's eyes at myself, if I can see my if I, you know, if I can see down the barrel of the gun, then it's pointing at the me. You know, it's it's at pointing at the bad person, right? Oh, you're you just put twice the effort into this than anybody else did. Probably, <laughs> definitely more than the writer did. So he, uh, he's like, "Hey, new girl, let's get out of here." I just opened fire at practically nothing, as far as you guys are concerned. And she's I like, "Practically hmm. shot a senator." <laughs> and she's like, yeah, after a casual assassination attempt, I like to run off with the gunman. Yep. And so they, they steal the senator's car, which is like somewhat 1950s, like sports car looking thing. It's pretty, it's pretty snazzy, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a nice car. I would drive it. And uh, he kind of rattles off super quick what's going on. He's like, so Ouija board murders. It's just us. Let's head to uh, the poorly lit section of town in the industrial district. Well, he's like, wait, no, we have to go get. We have to find the dagger. Oh yeah, in the wood. Yeah, near the wood, and they find the dagger and then drive off to the industrial part of town. Yeah, because old uh, zombie Tony shows up and he's like, boogity boo! I talk like a budget Freddy. <laughs> And they end up in some kind of like, like electrical panel factory. Yeah, and for the like electrical panel, I mean like heavy duty. Like these are the panels you put in in factories. Factory. (laughs) Yeah, and and keep in mind at this point, the last twenty minutes of this movie are shot so dark you can barely tell what the fuck is even happening. Yeah. Like, so he, because he stops in front of this, like, corrugated steel, like, wall, and then opens a door in it that you couldn't fucking see. And I was like, oh, well, that's a pretty well camouflaged door. Oh, wait, no, this transfer is just bad. (laughs) So they run through the abandoned facility, and it, it oscillates wildly between them running for their lives and the greatest American hero just taunting zombie Tony. He's like zombie Tony, like taunting him back, like just kind of like a rattle of appears and goes, boo. Yeah. So they go, ah, run for your life. Stop. Yell at Tony. Tony yell back. Oh, wait, no, run for your life again. Make your final stand. No, wait, don't do that. And he, uh, they get to the exit and he's like, Hey, new girl, get out of here. Magic flowers, I love you, or whatever. I'm going to go murder this guy. And she's like, uh... And then he yells real loud. 
And I really like this scene because he screams at the top of his lungs for her to fuck off and then says, I love you. Yeah. It's and like it's when you're so weird. Your, it's like when you're telling your dog to go, like, go back inside. I really love you, but go back inside. <laughs> you can't yeah. follow me to the car. <laughs> and he, uh, he goes to face off against zombie Tony. And he's all like, uh, he comes up with a plan involving chains and a lever. And dropping something heavy. Yeah, it's some real Looney Tunes ass shit. Yeah. So he uh he's he's taunting Tony in what is the most transparent I'm trying to trick you into a certain situation move. Why don't you just come over here and stab me? Whoa. Yeah. It, the only way it could be more obvious that this is a trap if there was a giant red X underneath where he was trying to get the fucking guy to stand. Exactly. <laughs> stand on the red X that is not part of this trap that I'm trying to to lay on you. This is totally you, organic. If you, really, if you really wanted to scare me, you'd go stand on a red X. Nothing scares me more than red X's and people what stand on them. <laughs> and so he uh he drops industrial equipment yep. that has been hoisted up on this chain on him crushes everything from the sternum down, arms included. So he's basically a sternum and head at this point. <laughs> and then he uses telekinesis to float uh, the greatest American hero up in the air. And just in time, New Girl and Lieutenant Dan show up. Oh, yeah, yeah, Lieutenant Cop Guy, who at one point was like, apparently, like, do you know the greatest American hero? And she's like, yeah, I mean, he's a friend. And they're like, well, apparently he was at the hospital telling them that someone, telling the guards that someone's going to get murdered. And unfortunately, they didn't listen to him and someone got murdered. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, that's what he said. <laughs> and somehow, New Girl finds this guy in the three and a half minutes before he got telekinesis into the air. The greatest American hero did. Oh. So they're, uh, he's being telekinesis while, uh, he demands new girl stabs crushed guy with the dagger. All while cop guys just standing there like, Hmm, nope, this checks out. It's like my thumb up. It's still in my butt. I think I'm going to stand here for a while longer. So, uh, she stabs zombie Tony. Oh, no, no. First, she goes to stab him, and then he turns back into normal Tony. He's like, oh, oh, thank you. Like, the the demon has left my body now, so I can, you know, if you could just kind of get this off of me, then I could die in peace. Or if you just come a little closer, I could die in peace. Psych! <laughs> and then turns back into zombie Tony so she just stabs him because why wouldn't she <laughs> yeah so that causes the telekinesis to be broken and uh, the greatest American hero falls and uh, dies yes and zombie Tony turns into regular Tony and apologizes which seems not helpful He's like, well, yeah, sir, I dicked you over with that Ouija board thing. I just thought I was kind of drunk. And I thought it was funny at the time. Bye. Yep. <laughs> so uh, 
now it's somber funeral time. Yep. For the greatest American hero, he gave his all so that yep. one person out of several would not be dead. Yep. And it was his girlfriend because he couldn't be bothered to save anyone else. And everybody's real sad, and we see all of our favorite characters, like his parents, and the other people we've never seen, and new girl's parents, including the boss mustache dad. (laughs) And, And she takes the withered rose and throws it onto the casket, where it then, wham, turns into like a fresh rose again, and... And then there's voice from above that tells her that they're bound together and he'll always be with her and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And freeze frame because why the fuck not at this point? (laughs) And then we're treated to a song titled Don't Panic as sung by the greatest American hero. (laughs) It is a song that occurs at the end of the movie. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. But man, that dude was like, I'm not going to be in a movie. I'm going to start my singing career at the same time. <laughs> I'm a real renaissance man. Yep. And movie. Which which means it's done now. Yes. So, Chris, what did you think of the movie? Man, this movie's not a, a great movie, but it is a, a hell of a watch. The I don't know, probably 90% of this movie is inexplicably ADR'd. <laughs> and loudly ADR'd. Yeah, the the sound mix is weird. And it's not just the vocal track that's ADR'd. Like the sound effects are ADR'd. It's really weird. It is I don't know if if it is like a a translation thing, but nobody talks like people. Oh no, this is like written by aliens. Yeah. Like everything is just a little off. But in the best possible way. This is one of those movies that it has a certain cheese factor. That you're going to be in two, one of two camps. You're going to watch this. You'll get 10 minutes in and you're going to be like, nah, I'm good with this. Or you're going to be like, eh, eh. Yeah, like, this is a bunch of garbage. I can't even get into it is the other response. Yeah. But it's everybody is is acting in this movie <laughs> in all caps. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Yeah, it's it is obvious that this was like the guy who wrote and directed this whose name escapes me. Uh Ron Gal- Galindo Jr. He was like, I want to make a Freddy Krueger analog, but I have $37. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to spend it all on special effects. And the special effects for the most part are pretty solid. And I believe the special effects were done by Screaming Mad George. That is true. Who, who we know who did the special effects for. Do you remember, Chris? You know I don't. Society. Yeah. 
one of the other movies they showed at, at Dismember the Alamo. So the effects are pretty solid. It is a dumb story. If Demon Ouija board off the jump didn't let you know that, then I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> but I yet enjoyed the hell out of it. It is it hits that sweet spot of not great, but very earnest, which I will always appreciate. You don't need to make a good movie. You just need to put your heart into it, and I'll be on board. And that's what this is. This is a weird garbage slasher movie that is objectively not a great movie, but I still really liked watching it. I say give it a go. You could definitely do a lot worse, and it's not like you can find it anywhere that you could pay for it, even if you wanted to. <laughs> so hit up YouTube yeah. and check this one out. Yep. Troy, thoughts? Well, I obviously uh, thought Chris should watch this at the very least. Uh, I, but yeah, I enjoyed this. It's fun to watch with a group because you'll just see something ridiculous that one person will start laughing. Everyone will be like, yeah, that is pretty funny. I'm going to laugh too now. Like the dinosaur pajamas or the ginormous walkie talkies or doctor, I have a drinking problem. <laughs> like just whatever nonsense shows up on screen, someone will laugh and that will make it more enjoyable. So I'd suggest watching it in a group, but uh, as Chris has shown, you can still enjoy it while watching it by yourself. Um, yeah, I think you should watch it. It is, it is like the epitome of so bad it's good kind of movie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's glorious. So I should, I say you should watch it. And, uh, meanwhile, also, uh, for Dismember the Alamo, I will suggest all the other movies I saw because we saw Prince of Darkness, which we did on the podcast a while ago. I don't know if I was even on the podcast at that point. I think I might have recommended it to you guys, actually. It's possible. Uh, and then, uh, and then we had this movie, Don't Panic. And then we had our Dario Argento's Deep Red, which I really enjoyed. And I didn't really like Suspiria that much. So I think if you're going to watch an Argento movie, I highly recommend this one, Deep Red, as opposed to Suspiria. And then we finished up with Society, which we did for the podcast, which is a huge amount of fun and stars Billy motherfucking Warlock. So, uh, yeah. That's what I have to say about that. So, Chris, what are we watching next week since we didn't watch it this week? Well, speaking of so bad it's good, in theory, we're going to watch <laughs> Birdemic, which we said we were going to do, but then we didn't because that's how we roll. Yep, and uh, I will withhold judgment on it until I've actually seen it. So I don't think you should be uh, trying to sway our listeners beforehand, Chris. That's not that's not kosher. Hey, it's too late now. I can't take it back. That's true. Yeah, just just ignore those. It would be like just ignore that testimony. <laughs> I redact my previous statement. <laughs> so, Troy, what if other people have movies, etc., and so forth? 
Well, they can find us on Facebook where we're Slaughterhouse Princess. They can email us at slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail.com or they can tweet us at, at Slaughter Prince, which is Slaughter Princess with no vowels in princess. Or they can go to our subreddit, r slash SHP podcast. Or they could go to our Discord at discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com. They can find us also at slaughterhouseprincess.com. You can buy merchandise at shop.slaughterhouseprincess.com or you could donate to our Patreon at patreon.slaughterhouseprincess.com. Holy shit, were you practicing that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn. I like, it's just like that's the longest, slowest part of the whole podcast. I'm like, I'm just going to do this as fast as I can. <laughs> well, yeah, it's because you got to usually wait for Brett to power his way through the same thing he said for hundreds of episodes. <laughs> yes. Well, while, uh, while Brett is uh, drinking and thinking about movies and trying to figure out what to say at the end of podcasts. Uh, Other podcasts will be thinking about movies. Bye.